0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Buddy. Just a quick shout out to The Rec for hosting this podcast each and every week. The Rec, way more than a bowling alley. We drop a new podcast every Friday morning with a new story that will impact someone. We hope that someone is you. And again, I just want to say thank you each and every week to all the listeners that take the time to listen and hear the stories of our guests. These are local people that share their heart. So we thank you for just listening each week. Please take a moment also to like and subscribe to our podcast, give us a review, share this podcast with your friends, family, and on your favorite social media platform. We want to get these messages out to the people and to impact the world one testimony at a time. This morning, I'm excited to introduce you to my guest, Lori Haroldson. Lori, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thanks for being here. So you had a busy morning, it sounds like. Yes. So Friday mornings are what? Friday what are you...
1: mornings, I am the co chair for the Salem Chamber Greeters event. Yeah. And uh we just get to do great networking and yeah. Yeah. So see, see all of our friends. It's a great okay, way exactly. to start Friday so morning. Every Friday morning. Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa.
0: <laughs> okay. So how long have you been like the co chair of uh the greeters? So uh co
1: chair was all of last year, uh, and then chair now f- until July of next year.
0: Okay. Yeah. And are you an extrovert?
1: Uh, no, I was actually going to talk about that a oh, little bit. Oh, so, okay, I will. I uh, just real briefly. Um, raised as a preacher's kid, kind yeah. of forced to be an extrovert, but I definitely am an introvert, and I, I regain my energy in quiet.
0: Okay, I was. It's <laughs> interesting. Okay, so yeah. we're going to dive in. Let yeah. me introduce you real quick, okay. and then we're going to dive into your story okay. and and hear about what life was like as a preacher's sure. kid, and and how you uh, do your introvert time and how you fuel up. So. Because I find that really fascinating. I'm an introvert as well, although I love people. Mm-hmm. So, so first of all, you're a preacher's kid. You're a serial entrepreneur, a small business advocate, a survivor, restored, child of God, forgiven, beloved, chosen, fearless, brave, courageous. And then you say, there are many hurtful words that have been said to me about me over my lifetime. But instead of being a victim, I choose to live in victory. I think that's really cool, by the way. I choose to focus on what I was created to be, fearfully and wonderfully made, and it's a daily refocusing of what the world says versus what the truth is. And then you quote Philippians 4.8. Well, off the top of your head, do you know that verse?
1: I know it mostly by, by heart. So yeah. Whatever is true, whatever yeah. is right, whatever is just, whatever is noble, whatever is righteous, think on these things. Hmm. It's my life verse.
0: That's a really beautiful one. Yeah. And then I noticed in your Facebook, because I was I stalked you a little bit, because I don't know you well, but we're going <laughs> to get to know each other, yep. the girl with Moxie. Yeah. Uh, is that <laughs> is there part of that story that we want to talk about in your story yeah. today? Or is there... Um, I'll just... I'll tee it up a little bit. We'll talk about it sure. a little bit. And then I told you... Uh, I was talking with Travis Youngs this morning, but the thing he said about you is that you're a bright light. Hmm. He really likes you. He loves you. So Aww. it's really sweet. Thanks, Travis. Well... <laughs> Lori, thanks for being here this morning and yeah. being willing to share your story. I know you've been on a few podcasts and radio shows, and um, let's talk about you. So where were you born? What what was life like as a child, you know, being a preacher's kid? Yeah. I know that can be like the fishbowl, like everybody gets to know your life, yeah. good yeah. and bad, yeah. right? Because just um, talk about that early upbringing and kind of how that formed you, and then Kind of where you are today.
1: Okay. So my uh, my dad, right out of college, became a youth pastor a- at a church in Fresno, California, yeah. and uh, accepted a lead pastor job in Halsey, Oregon. And I was born the night before we were supposed to move from Fresno to Halsey.
0: Okay, <laughs> big city of Halsey. I, I decided okay.
1: to show up a month early, and it kind of surprised the family. And so we, s- we stayed behind in Fresno for a little bit before we moved to Halsey. And um uh, it's interesting, the church in Halsey looks just like it now, looks just like it did, as I remember from my childhood. <laughs> it's interesting.
0: interesting.
1: Um, uh, then f- for the rest of my life, until my dad retired in 1999, I was the preacher's kid yeah. and um, didn't, didn't have a lot of the same pressures that I, I hear a lot of other preacher's kids have. My dad was really great within our church to say you don't need to tell me every time you see my kids doing something off that's so good let them be kids they'll figure it out you know that's right (laughs) and I I loved that they let us make our mistakes and learn learn the hard way sometimes yeah um uh I because I was the preacher's kid though and the oldest of two preacher's kids in that family yeah I was looked at as a leader and influential from the first moment that I started teaching a uh, I don't know, elementary Sunday school class, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whether I wanted to be a leader or not, I was looked at as a leader. Mm. And so I've had to borrow a lot of leadership skills along the way as I've learned and then just kind of taught myself through leadership books and and yeah. whatnot to be a leader, even though I am truly an introvert. <laughs>
0: That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, okay, so. Y- what year were you born? Because I can't ask your age. You know, I oh, it's what... fine.
1: I was born in 1973. Okay. I turned 50 years old next week. Oh. I'm very well, excited. happy birthday. I'm ex- actually excited about it. A lot of people don't like their birthdays. Yeah. I celebrate.
0: Celebrate. Yeah. 50. Yep. Thank God you get to celebrate yes. 50 years. Yes. So what day is your birthday next week?
1: It's October 2nd, Monday.
0: October 2nd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I remember when I turned 50 five years ago. So- I didn't think I'd live to 50. I don't know if you felt that way. Was that just, that was just me? But I'm like, I didn't think I'd make it past 25 and huh. God had a different plan like mm. he did for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you moved up to the big city of Halsey. So then what What grade school, high school did you go to?
1: So uh, my dad's job actually took us back through California. So from Halsey, we were there, I think three to five years. My brother was born in Oregon and then we moved to San Luis Obispo, where my dad was a pastor a beautiful for a while. Area. Yeah, love love the Central Coast of California, and then down to Escondido, California, uh, North San Diego County, and lived there. So I think we moved there when I was in fifth grade. So I don't know, 1980 f- something. Yeah, and my dad retired in '99, and they moved back up to Oregon right away. I had. Um, gone through high school, graduated from San Marcos High School, which was the neighboring city of Escondido. Um, went away to Vanguard University. It was called a different name at the time, Southern mm-hmm. California College. Went away to Vanguard University. Um, but I'm a college dropout. <laughs> I uh, came home after a year, went to community college, and um, just life found me having to quit school and go to work full time because I was, um, I found myself. So I'm going to hop backwards a second. Yeah. I'd gotten married when I moved back home.
0: Okay. How old were you when you got married? I was
1: 19 when oh, I got married. Okay. Very young. Yeah. Married for a year and a half. Yeah. And came home one day and found the apartment empty. And I couldn't keep up with life on my own, being a part-time student, part-time work. And so I quit school to go back to work full-time.
0: Yeah. And you're 20 years old. I
1: was 20. I had just turned, well, I had just turned 21. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So, um, life though between twenty one and twenty five was amazing. Okay. <laughs> Went to work full time in the investment industry. Um, worked for a local uh, local businessman in town, and then was offered an opportunity to move to a much larger firm uh, that was an international investment company, and um, my life changed drastically and by the time i was 25 years old i was able to buy my first house as a single woman come on and yeah it was pretty exciting um traveled internationally with that company and they really believed in me uh, despite my lack of full education mm-hmm. they gave me a lot of amazing opportunities and leadership direction and truly it, i owe a lot of my success now to the leadership that i had and the mentorship that i mm-hmm. had through that company yeah. and i was there for almost
0: 20 years Okay, so were you a financial advisor or no. what, what exactly were you? <laughs>
1: so, first of all, math is my worst subject. And <laughs> here I am <laughs> in the investment industry. I started out in the marketing department, worked in the portfolio management department as a support person. So, talking on the phone to our clients, which were brokers who were yeah. selling our products. Got it. And um, would rely on information that I knew to relay answers to our clients around the country. And. Uh, then they then they said we have an opportunity in Geneva, Switzerland, and we want someone who has both portfolio management experience and marketing experience to go to go run that office for a couple of months. Would you go? Yes, I like, like didn't I'll, even have to think about it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I will do it. And so, um, I went for four months, to, three or four months to Geneva, Switzerland, and it was a trip of a lifetime.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So you're 25 years old ish then? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. Trip wow. of a lifetime.
0: Trip of a lifetime. <laughs> have you been yeah. back to Europe since then or, oh, yeah. or Switzerland? Or
1: I've not been back to Switzerland. I have traveled pretty extensively because of missions trips. I've yeah. gone to Romania yeah. three times, um, been to Italy, personal vacation. Yeah. yeah, I've had a lot of great opportunity to travel wow. throughout Europe.
0: You've lived a good life so far. I have. That's good. And life's not easy, though. Would you agree that we all have these marks in life that leave uh, leave scars but they also help us to become who we are. Absolutely. So that's why I really want to understand Lori, like, yeah, life's been good. Life's been painful. What are some of those early life lessons? You know, I know now today you're a digital creator. Marketing is something you love. I know that you love people. You show up on Friday mornings for mm-hmm. greeters. You have a love for people. Um. But yeah, just walk us through the journey from you know those early 20s to where you're at today. I want to really understand who you are. And so does the audience. They want to know who you are.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'll go back to something you, you mentioned earlier about the girl with moxie
0: girl with moxie.
1: (laughs) I have found myself in positions of someone needs to do something. No one else is doing it. I better step up and do something right now, whether it's a really difficult decision um, in terms of ethics or morals or jumping into action to help someone who was just injured or um, can't speak up for themselves. And I, I am the person who will stop on the side of the road if I see you getting hurt.
0: Mm, I love that. Uh,
1: when I lived in Escondido, I did. I stopped on the side of the road because I saw um, a man in the driver's seat of a car parked on the side of the road choking his passenger girlfriend. And I pulled him out of the car. Without thinking that. about it, yeah, and she went running, and I—I I don't know the rest of that story, but I'm glad that I was a part of that story to defend her and tell her you are worth it. Mm. And <laughs> my mom doesn't like hearing these stories about me <laughs> that I jump into danger's way, but that's just—it's how it's who I am.
0: It's how you're wired. It's how I am. Yeah. And then you—you've gone to Romania and done different mission trips, and okay, so. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about those mission trips. And also I want to hear, you worked for this investment firm for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes,
1: I have a lot of, I've got a lot of Lori stories. <laughs> Keep going. Um, one of, I would say the thing that I'm the most proud of with my Romania trips is showing the women of the church in Romania, which were raised under Orthodox religion, culture, standards that the women and the children weren't allowed to speak even when our very first missions trip to Romania in 1997 the women and the children were sitting on one side of the church and the men were on the other side of the church the women could not speak they couldn't teach they couldn't do anything and this was a Christian church yeah not an orthodox church a Christian church but that's all they knew it's wow. all they knew was the orthodox way of doing things and by our third trip I was, uh, we were, we had, so we had done things from community events with their leadership staff to starting a Bible college, mm-hmm. teaching them how to do outreach in their cities, build new churches. And on the third trip that I went, we took all of these leaders that we'd been working with for a number of years out to a retreat out at, the, out at their coast. And um, they had us split up, women in the sanctuary, men in another room. But halfway through me sharing my testimony, the lead pastor walked in the back of the room. And I recognized the significance of him listening to a female teacher, (laughs) a female in a church. And I looked at my translator and she said, just keep going. (laughs) Okay, I will. (laughs) So I kept going. And after I ended and I prayed and I looked up and all of the men had walked in the back doors of the sanctuary Mm. and he walked forward and Said through my translator, please tell our American sister, (laughs) getting emotional, that she has shown our Christian women how we can do church as a family, how we can do church together. Please, please share that with our with our Christian sister here. Mm-hmm. And now when you look at social media pictures of their churches, families are sitting together, women are helping lead worship. Um, women are serving in their community mm-hmm. when they do things and it's just given them a, a true picture of what the Christian church looks like.
0: Yeah yeah God gave you courage, moxie, yeah if you will, <laughs> to be bold to stand out yeah. to not be in fear. yeah, really. That's interesting. Now, were you, was that part of your dad's church at that time that you were going on these mission trips or was this later on?
1: Yeah, it was a number of churches in San Diego County that uh, were pulling people that wanted to go on these Romania trips to go.
0: So have you done, how many mission trips have you done in your life, you think? Oh, my word.
1: Uh... Because we would do them as family when I was in elementary school all the way through. I did them by myself. I would guess over a dozen different missions trips either to the Navajo Nation or to parts of Mexico because we were in San Diego County and then internationally. Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah. Would you say God's put that on your heart to keep doing that? Or is there a time where maybe you're not doing that right now? but you want to later what's that look like My service
1: you? looks different right now. I'm very involved with giving back to our veterans and our law enforcement right now which is yeah. different but it's a it's a service heart still. Yeah. Just not on the it's a different mission field. <laughs> how do you
0: how, how do you give back I know one of your your Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. posts that you're the the police but how are you involved with the police and the the veterans? How what's okay. that look like?
1: Yeah, so uh Salem Police Foundation has existed for thirteen years. I've been on the board for three or four years, wow. and it's a volunteer position. Currently, the president. I've got another year or so of my term. Wow! And um, it's just a great way for our community, for our city, to show support for the police department. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: For an introvert, you get yourself involved quite a bit. That's can't say it, no. <laughs> that's interesting. You can't say no. Introvert need to yeah.
1: I've learned to to put boundaries around my time okay, um, to help protect my energy and my recharging time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think you and I are wired similarly. <laughs> like, I love to say yes way more than I should. My wife thinks I'm crazy. Um, but I only have energy for, you know, a few hours a day to really pour into people. And I, I've learned how to really manage my, my energy. In that time, my energy. Yeah. Which is different. So... I'd like to hear more about your boundaries, how you've kind of created some boundaries for your life, and understanding who you are, how you're wired. You still have a heart for people, and then go back. Also, how do you, how how are you involved in the in our veterans? So, how yeah. what is there like a, um. Uh,
1: so, have you heard of honor flights? I don't think I have. Okay, so honor flights have been. I don't know how long they've been around, but there's chapters all over the country. There's two or three chapters here in Oregon. Yeah. Where volunteers step forward to say. You know, especially with our Vietnam veterans, they didn't get the welcome home they deserved when they came home. They did not. And so it's uh, a—the honor flights exist, and they've existed for a long time, but it's a way to take the veterans back to Washington, D.C., to honor their service, to give them an opportunity to visit their war memorials, go through the museums, tell their stories um, with other veterans— uh, and then along with every veteran, there's a guardian assigned to them so that they're not carrying their own backpacks and tracking down their own food and all of that. The guardian is basically a chaperone or mm-hmm. assistant to help them around the city as we as we go around the city. Yeah. And um, I it had been a bucket list item of mine for a very long time to go as a guardian on an honor flight. I got to do it for the first time this last April okay. and I'm going again next next weekend. So I'll be. In Washington, D.C., coming home from Washington, D.C. on my birthday.
0: What a gift. Yeah. And yeah. so you, you're you back there, and you're carrying this luggage or whoever for a veteran. or Is it for the veteran or the yeah. veteran and family? For the veteran. For the veteran. What does that feel like to do stuff like that? Can you put that in words? It's
1: hard to put into words, and I get emotional talking about it. Yeah. Um, seeing them process emotions that either they've bottled up or haven't been able to share with others because others don't understand The efforts that they went through and the sacrifices that they gave, for them to find other names on their war memorial Mm. that people they fought with and to pay their respects to their friends or family members, it's overwhelming. It's truly overwhelming. It is quite an honor to get to witness it firsthand.
0: How many times have you gone back to Washington, D.C. and seen the memorials and stuff?
1: I've been a number of times personally, but this will be my second honor flight.
0: Wow. Yeah. My wife and I went to Washington, D.C. for the first time last uh, August, September, so it's been a year now, and spent just four days, three nights in Washington, D.C. touring the city, the memorials. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. I just was in awe of, yeah. of what's there. So
1: One of the most touching moments for me was when a, an eighth grade class of students came running up to our tour bus as we were getting off at the Marine Corps Memorial And stood on both sides of the sidewalk and stood and just clapped and applauded all the veterans getting off the bus. Mm. And I was so emotional just watching the respect and the honor paid by these students that I don't see a lot these days anymore uh, to see it and to see the full hearted appreciation coming from these eighth grade students. We got the veterans on their way to go see their memorial and I had to sit down and just take a moment to myself and then I found as many of the adults on that trip and told them, thank you for teaching these kids respect and honor
0: and history. What caused you to to really fall in love with these veterans or the police and really have that respect? I mean, I, I absolutely respect and love our veterans, our police. What caused you to do that? Do you, your dad wasn't military, was he?
1: No, my dad was not military. Um, we had family members who were military. Yeah. Both of my grandfathers were also volunteers with their local police departments as mm. senior citizens. So senior mm. patrol, right? They would write tickets for people um, parking in handicapped spots. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my one grandfather here in Salem and another one down in San Diego. I I think it just goes back to how I was raised. My family taught me to respect and honor Those who've sacrificed greatly for our country and Mm. for our community. Um, In high school, I had a whole bunch of friends that I went to school with that all became officers, police officers, or went into the military. Also, when I was graduating high school, was at the the very beginning of the Gulf War. I graduated Mm. high school in 1991. And uh, we had a whole bunch of people deploy that were either husbands of my friends or my friends themselves. And so it's personal for me.
0: It's personal. It's just
1: personal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's really neat. I, l- I love hearing the story. I-, I didn't know that about you. And well, it's going to impact me and lots of people. I noticed on your, uh, you have a tattoo. And as you see yeah. the word brave, what, what <laughs> your tattoo, what is your tattoo?
1: So I designed this sleeve that goes from my elbow up to my, um, or from my wrist up to my elbow. And it's all my words of affirmation. And a lot of the words that you read during the intro yeah. are on my arm. Brave. Fearfully and wonderfully made, unique, forgiven, fearless, cool. courageous, child of God, legacy lever, restored, survivor,
0: free, beloved, yeah, all those bold, born for this, chosen, <laughs> hmm, yeah, fearless. And I keep Beautiful. these
1: in front of me because I choose to believe these things about myself versus the hurtful words that have been said about me. Hmm. And so, this is my vision board. <laughs> That is literally in front of me 24-7. <laughs> I
0: really love that because I think, you know, we know the Lord the says without vision, the people perish. Yeah. And being, using words like that to remind us we are wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. And do you want to talk about some of those hurts? Uh, where are those hurts? Is it is it people in high school? Is it family? Is it church members? Is it something you want to really just kind of dive into? Because we all have... Moments of hurt. I th- I'm pretty sure, but I'm curious. It's yes to all of those
1: questions you just asked me. Okay. People in church, all the way back to elementary school, people in high school, people in college, ex-spouses, yeah. <laughs> all of those things.
0: Why? Why do you think? Why do you think that happened?
1: Because hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. Okay.
0: And you grew up in a great family, right? I did. Mom and dad, uh, an amazing family. Are the mom and dad still alive? Yeah. Uh, yeah, still married. Yeah, what? You know, like, how many? <laughs> yeah. How many years?
1: <laughs> uh, 50 my parents some, well. are just celebrated fifty-one years of marriage. My um, my other sets of grandparents. I've got one living grandmother. She's uh, she just celebrated hundred years. Serious. Um, they were married over seventy years. My other grandparents, I forget. They're both. They've both passed at this point. But mm-hmm. yeah, all. Yeah. All of us, great, great. I come from a, an amazing family background.
0: Yes, you Truly do. Truly amazing. Yes, you do. Yeah. W- and where do your parents live?
1: They're here in Independence. Okay, so yeah. they're local. My dad's a, my dad can't sit still either, and so he's retired from two careers, and yeah. he's now a volunteer chaplain for Monmouth and Independence Police and Polk Fire. Serious. Yeah.
0: It's in yeah. his blood. So yeah. God wired him. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. What church do you go to? Church on the Hill.
0: Uh, south or north? Yeah, or? south. South. A Pastor Bruce guy, you know. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I love Pastor Bruce's world view. Yeah. Um, and his he he pre- he reminds me a lot of my dad's preaching. Okay. So I really appreciate that. I
0: yeah. love Pastor Bruce. He's one yeah. of the nicest, kindest guys I I know. And yeah, yeah. love the guy. Yeah. Jason's awesome too. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Um. Yeah. Okay, so fast forward. So here you are in the big city of Salem. You're pretty involved you don't work for the investment company anymore. I'd be curious, what made you leave and what are you doing today? What, what does that look like?
1: So, um, I had someone knock on the door of the house that I bought when I was, right? So the house that I bought, I was in it for 15, 20 years. Yeah. Had someone knock on the door and say, we wanna buy your house. Uh, it's not for sale. <laughs> it's not for okay. sale. Two weeks later, they came back. We wanna buy your house. It's not for sale. <laughs> And then my company started talking about doing layoffs and uh, um, volunteer severance packages. I said, maybe the house is for sale. <laughs> <laughs> my parents had lived back here for 15, 16 years. My grandparents followed them. My aunt followed them. Everyone moved back to Oregon, and I was still down in Southern California. Okay. And um, So the
0: house you're referring to is in Southern California? Yeah, Cali- that was the one in Southern California. Okay,
1: got it. And so... Um, I was married at the time and we talked about it and we were like, yeah, maybe it, maybe this is a precursor to us moving back to Oregon. Let's just see how this goes. Maybe we should come up with a price to sell this house. And a month later, we were moving into an apartment
0: because <laughs> the house sold. It- and did you sell it to that people? Yeah, that- we
1: sold it to those people. We came so- up with the price and they said, we were like, uh, let's just put a price on it and we'll see what happens. We put a price on it and they offered us 10,000 cash over that price. Wow.
0: It's funny, <laughs> I, I've often thought... Huh. Because I saw houses that I like. like, I wonder if I just go knock on the door and yeah. now I know oh, yeah. it's possible. It's
1: it's it happens third yeah. time's a
0: charm. Gotta yeah, so, come back three times.
1: We moved into an apartment complex and came up for Thanksgiving here
0: mm-hmm.
1: and at the same time uh was in talks with the company I was at to accept a severance package and um be a part of their next round of layoffs voluntarily instead of them having to make cuts that they didn't want By to. By the way, make.
0: what year was that?
1: Yeah, 2015.
0: Oh, 2015. Yeah. So they're going through a difficult time. Mm-hmm. Okay. All yeah.
1: Right. And so, and they had already done one or two rounds of involuntary layoffs. So then they said, Does anyone else w- want to go before we do some more involuntary layoffs? And I raised my hand. I yeah. said, I think it's time. Uh, and so we came up for Thanksgiving. I had just accepted a severance package. We went back to san diego packed up everything while we were here for thanksgiving we found a place to rent and we were back so we went home packed up everything gave in our note gave our notice at the apartment and moved back up on christmas eve yeah like it was just fast i make decisions
0: fast You make. we're doing this (laughs) yep i love it yeah and so
1: when i moved to town the only people i knew were my parents i was in
0: 2015
1: 2015 okay i knew my parents i knew nobody else zero yeah and I made it my business to meet as many people as possible. And now one of our city councilors has my name in her phone as the, Lori knows everybody.
0: Lori knows everyone, <laughs> I love Cause that. Because I
1: just, I'm a people person. Yeah. I am, yes, introverted, but yes, a people person. Yeah, I love getting to know people.
0: Me too, me too. Okay, so you—so how do you, okay, you, you did have a job, you have a service package, yeah. what do you do for work? So at that time,
1: uh, I didn't know for about six months what I was going to do for work, and yeah. I wasn't really pressured to go find something. Did
0: that feel good, by the way? Just taking a break from the daily grind, just go. You know what? Who who am I? You know, whose am I? God's and Lord, what do you want me to do? Yeah,
1: yeah. It was. Um, I didn't at all feel lazy, which surprised me because I'm such a I don't stop person. But at the same time, I knew. God's going to take care of whatever the next step is, yeah. and I'm going to be patient to figure out what that is. Yeah. He'll, sh- He'll show me. And um, by May, I landed a job as a marketing person for a assisted living company in town and mm-hmm. was with the company for about a year and a half and moved on to the next thing. Right. And um, actually went back to the investment industry for a local broker here in town. You and, did. Yeah.
0: yeah. Déjà vu.
1: Yeah, yeah, and helped him through a transition from a retiring um retiring investment advisor to him buying the business and helping with client retention and um office management and quite a number of other
0: things. You sound like you have a well, you do. You have a lot of experience well in the money world, in the business world, in the networking world. So you probably impact people a lot, I bet you. That's and, interesting. Uh I learned
1: young in my life that our influence is beyond what we can recognize. Yeah, our impact with to others is beyond what we can conjure up ourselves.
0: And I wanna pause right there, but I, yeah. I, I think you, cause a lot of times we don't feel like we have influence or impact. And what you just said, our impact and our reach is greater than we even know. Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean, how do you know that's true? By the way, I believe it's true, but how would you describe that?
1: People are always watching us. Whether or not we're in a position of leadership, people are always watching us. They like us for one reason or another, whether it's our big smile or our charismatic personality right. or the position that we're in or our clothes. It doesn't matter, right? They, are, People are watching us. Yeah. And um, we can, by our negative attitude or our positive attitude, influence mm. people for the better or the good.
0: Mm. I would agree that we influence people every day and i've heard stories like hey this person influenced me in a great way but i've also heard stories of the negative how we influence or somebody was influenced from a negative standpoint realizing we do impact people every day mm-hmm. good or bad mm-hmm. period yeah and realizing we we do matter yeah and so and part of your story is you could be a victim but you're a victor mm-hmm. i'd love to hear about that, what that means to you and how you do that. Partly your vision board yeah. on your arm. Yeah. Probably through prayer. <laughs> yeah. Reading your Bible. And then, yeah, just kind of, how'd you get the, the marketing piece? Because you, early on, you were marketing. Why do you love marketing so much? So, let's oh, unpack interesting. So,
1: that was uh, one of my college pursuits initially was international managed international business management yeah. and marketing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why that came about or ever came about. Um, uh, but that was one of the original things that I went to college for. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I do social media for people. So I've, I've left working for other people and I'm now working for myself. Um, but I have, I love talking up people's strengths yeah. and what makes their business different. Mm-hmm. Uh, why they're special mm-hmm. um, for their customers, not even versus their competitors.
0: Heck with that. Yeah. right.
1: But what makes them best the best pick for their customers? Mm. So I love talking about marketing and um, talking about people's impact that they have with people. Yeah, they, just that kind of goes hand in
0: hand. Is there a certain sector that you love to coach or do your, Marketing for?
1: I love to coach entrepreneurs. I love to help entrepreneurs who maybe lack the confidence, maybe lack the know-how,
0: yeah.
1: um, don't understand the importance of social media mm-hmm. um, and consistency and being authentic to your mm. customers. I love Showing them that and helping them do that, even if they take back their social media management and run with it themselves, great. My my work here is done. Yeah. <laughs> You're now feeling comfortable enough to do this for yourself. That's fantastic.
0: So yeah, yeah. you c- uh, can you tell when people are being authentic or fake on social media? Oh yes. Okay, mm-hmm. I think so too. <laughs> I, I think I see it like, mm, but I really know for me personally, I know when somebody's being really authentic. I love authenticity. I I think yeah. it's one thing I love most about people's like. The good or the bad, or the good and the bad, Uh, you are who you are, and I just like when people are authentic. Mm -hmm. So what is one piece of advice you'd give uh, an entrepreneur in the area of social media? What would you say?
1: Show your face more often. Show your face on your business, social media, and your personal life more often. Uh, You... Every time a person puts their face on their social media and they're the business owner, they're building trust with the people who are reading their posts. This is me. It's not just another picture of my product. This is the person behind the product. Yeah. Here's why I created this company. Here's the story behind why our family runs this company, right? It's the why. Yeah. Okay.
0: I think it's really great. In fact, it's really simple. It is. Yeah. We get caught up in the product (laughs) or the, you know, the things that don't matter, but people buy you, they don't buy your product. Yeah. They buy, you probably because of who you Correct. are. Correct. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. So back to the, the victim and the victor. Yep. Got any stories you want to share? Just to, not that I want to dwell on anything negative, but what's the positive about did How did you, how, how'd you choose that? What what clicked for you?
1: I have learned, again, going back to the impact that we make on other people's lives yeah. at yeah. the same time. Um, when I share Vulnerably, mm-hmm. the things that I am struggling with,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and how I'm working through them, and how God has been great. <laughs> God has been gracious to me and great, and me being grateful for his provisions, it gives other people hope. Mm. I have either had to face a number of really difficult decisions in my life or been, in really difficult scenarios in my life and to to share those life lessons with people. I hear so many times, even when sharing those things on Instagram or Facebook or wherever I'm sharing it, thank you for being so vulnerable and so authentic. This gives me so much hope.
0: And I think what you're saying here is great advice for all of us to stop looking like we're perfect and everything's great in my world because reality is, I've got problems too. Yeah. And let me be vulnerable with you and share with you where I'm struggling, where my pain points are and realize I'm human too. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I'm I'm never motivated by somebody who has it all together. I mean, cool, good for you, but I like to see the struggle, what they overcame to get to where they're at and the humility that they show and the gratitude. And I think that's really what you're saying is, yeah. is, you know, Gratitude and humility is way more than arrogance and cockiness and look at me. Yet, would you say most of social media is really that?
1: A lot of it can be. Okay. A lot of it can be. I um, I try to keep my social media authentic. Okay. And I think because I am influencing people mm-hmm. in whatever way I am, others feel they can too. Yeah. So it depends on what you're looking at. Depends on the focus.
0: What's Sam? of your business?
1: Moxie social media.
0: (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) Moxie social media. Yeah. I didn't know that. Now I do. And that makes sense to me. I love the story of moxie. What does that mean? You're bold. and It's it's on your arm. I love that. Mm. And you make a difference in people's lives.
1: I try to, because God has told me to. How so? (laughs) He puts me in positions where (laughs) (laughs) he's like, here you go.
0: (laughs) Okay, Laura, you said. Yeah. Yeah. Here you go. Opportunities. Yeah. And you take them. He knows he can trust you in that. Yeah,
1: i I think that goes back to the morals and values that I was raised with. When you know your morals and values, there's no thinking about it. And and when you're in a position to make a quick decision, there's no thinking about it. When you know your morals and values, you know what the right thing is to do, mm. and so you go do it. Yeah. And that's because I have always been pointed towards what is the
0: right thing to do. It's a great question. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Laura, this is fantastic. I love to hear your story. I love that we get to share it with the world, yeah. and that you get to influence people through who you are, your boldness, uh, but your love for people and to impact them in a positive way. Because we've all we all have a story. We can all be the victim. I play victim sometimes, you know, sure. if I'm being honest. But I want to be a victor. I want to be an overcomer. And I got to hang around people that positively influence me to be a better. Guy, better husband, better dad. Um, so, you, by the way, I know you talk about a, a younger brother, but you have two younger siblings.
1: Just one. It's just me and oh, my just brother. Oh, just you and one. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah.
0: There's two of you, not yeah. two others. Okay, gotcha. Uh, wh- wh- where does your brother live?
1: He's in Dallas, Texas.
0: Not Dallas, Oregon, but Dallas, yeah, Texas. Dallas, okay. Texas.
1: Right. Just north of Dallas. You guys yeah, he guys close? Yeah, we're very close. In fact, I call him Buddy. His nickname all my life He's has gotta been Buddy. He's got to be a good Buddy. guy. Man, <laughs> yeah, of he, course. Is good, <laughs> he is a good guy. He's a, a pilot for American Airlines. We're super close. We hated each other all through high school. <laughs> I, I once may have given him a bloody nose. You beat uh, him up. I, uh, I threw a camera at him because he was making me really mad, and I gave him a bloody nose. And then I was like, don't tell mom and dad. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs>
0: But you guys love each other today. Yeah, we love each yeah. other. Yeah,
1: I talked to him on the phone this morning.
0: It's funny. I also have an older sister, <laughs> and younger on, she used to beat me up too, and <laughs> then I learned how to wrestle, and and then she stopped. So <laughs> yep. anyway, yep. well, this is fantastic. I really appreciate you being on here. So one of my favorite things to do is close out a podcast with, you know, what is a lesson that we didn't talk about that you'd love to share that God put on your heart? Just to, mm-hmm. maybe one final piece, the explanation point. On our and by the way, this is fantastic. Hmm. But what is a piece of advice, a thought that you want to share? I would say, if
1: you've gone through some really painful times, take time to process it. Mm-hmm. Don't just gloss over it and stay busy and do the things. Uh, this year, following a um, ne- uh, almost twenty year marriage that failed. I went away from my first vacation in about 10 years, and I spent the entire time on vacation journaling through all the ups and downs and the grief of that loss. And it was the best time. I cried a lot, but <laughs> it was necessary work. And I would encourage everyone, if you have gone mm. through some really difficult times, take time to process all of those emotions and how to move forward and how to dream again and how to create this next chapter of your life because just going about it without a focus without an aim without a vision will be aimless
0: Mm. giving yourself permission to be honest with yourself and journal i I really like that um and by the way we all fail failure happens all the time but failure is not final god still gets the ultimate word where were you on vacation when you went on vacation where'd you go
1: so I went to some friends, uh, I went to, I was invited by former pastors of mine from San Diego who yeah. were also marriage counselors yeah. to their Airbnb up yeah. in North Idaho. Mm. And they created a space for me and said, we want to create a space for you to be as quiet as you need to and separated as you need to, but also we want to be here for you as friends mm. and pastors. And um, it was truly Amazing.
0: <laughs> How long were you there? Six days. Wow, those were six incredible days of yeah. just unpacking your life. Yeah. That journal probably means a lot to you.
1: Yeah, and I'd had that journal sitting on my desk for a year before I could even write anything in it. But I knew it's going on the vacation with me, and this is the focus of this trip, mm. is to do some some big journaling. And I did. Yeah, Lots of journaling and lots of tissue.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I always say this. like Like you— Like, when I'm in town and I'm working, I don't get alone time, and I don't get alone with God as much as I should, and I don't journal as much as I should, but when I go away on vacation, God always finds me, and it becomes a way more intimate time, and I get to really reflect and think about life, the good and the bad, things that God wants me to change and work on, and dream. Like you said, dream a little bit. Yeah. So... That was really good advice, really, really good. If somebody wants to reach out to you, Lori, what's the best way to connect with you?
1: I would say either Facebook or Instagram. Um, Lori, the girl with Moxie, yeah, or uh, Moxie social media. found okay. on, on Facebook. Yeah,
0: yeah. They'll reach out to you, and you'd be more than happy to meet with people. I know you would. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. So, well, hey, thank you all for listening this this week. This has been a really incredible story. Thank you, Lori, for sharing being transparent and vulnerable. And if you know of anybody that wants to be on the podcast and wants to share their story, we'd love to talk with you about that and share your story and impact the world because that's what we're doing every day as we show up. So Laura, you're showing up well and even through hard times, you're doing it. So thank you for being a part of our show. Thank you all to listen each week and we'll see you next week.